0: Sometimes it's very difficult to understand if your marketing is even getting through to people or is it even making sense. Part of that might be that you haven't taken the time to really understand your differentiation.
1: Go out to five trusted people that know me really well and ask them, you know, what uh, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? and, And what do you think I'm very good at? That is a really interesting exercise. Um, because it's not, you're not in a, in an echo chamber while you do it, right? You're, you're talking to some people that you believe will give you candid feedback on all three fronts. Um, and in doing so for me, it was, you know, and this is leading to the USP and the differentiating competence and also the, the, uh, what and how you market.
0: That's my guest this week, Chris Shabib. Chris is a realtor, real estate investor, and a former general contractor. And he provides some great insights into how you want to be thinking about your brand, uh, your personal brand, your marketing as a real estate investor or realtor, or even as any business owner. I think you're going to find the insights that he provides very helpful. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Copkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Before we get started, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you struggling to find an agency that can build an awesome website? without having to wait weeks or even months, Up In A Day can build a high-impact website quickly and with minimal effort from you. They make the process easy and painless so you can focus on your business while they take care of building your business the website it deserves. Check them out at www.upinaday.co. That's u-p-i-n-a-d-a-y.co, and schedule a call with them. Now back to the show. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Um, so you've got a, quite a unique background. You're a contractor in the in the past. You've you're a real estate investor and and a realtor. What do you think is important, regardless of where somebody is in in that, you know, regardless of what their title is or what they're doing? Um, what's important to be recognised or appreciated as a trusted expert? What are the things that you think people need to to be thinking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for, for having me on uh, first. And yeah, an interesting background for me, but, but regardless, like you said, of, of your specifics, right? Because this is something that, um, you know, depending on where you come from, where, you, where you're at today, that, that can change. But the fundamentals of being a trusted expert, I mean, I think it starts with a differentiation between brand marketing and transactional marketing. Um, brand being, you know, the what you do and, and how you do it and transactional being more obviously toward the sale or the deal or whatever that might be. And, and the trusted expert is far more on the brand side and, and the, the relevance there for me is that that brand marketing is a far longer game, right? This is, this is a long play. And so when we're thinking about becoming the trusted expert, one, that's where our head needs to be at. And so we can't think, well, I'll give it three months. And if I'm not seeing results, then you know, then, then it's not working. Um, I think you know, measure more in quarters or years than, than uh, weeks or months. Um, And and the other, I think, fundamental truth in terms of, you know, being that trusted expert comes from the idea that, you know, the the bigger and tougher the problem we solve, the more money we're going to get paid for it, Um, which is very important, right? Because there's what you do and how you do it. And and what you do, you know, this is the Venn diagram, right, of what, what you love and what you can do and what the market will pay for and the overlap are candidates for what you do. But for me, being the trusted expert in brand marketing, it, the how you do it is a little bit more underemphasized for most people, and I think it's critical, right? So this is um, the second thing that I think you need to differentiate between what you're doing and how you do it. And that trusted expert is a lot about how you do it, right? right. Um, you know there's there's an expression, you know, bet on the jockey, not the horse that I heard just the other day from another investor, which is a, a good way to say it, right is, is the deals are all over the place. It's who you're, who you're working with that is probably the more important piece. Not that it's one or the other, but the who you're working with is, is, is bigger and speaks to that trusted expert side of things, right? So, you know, the three must haves, I think on the, on the, on the uh, trusted expert side, you constantly be educating yourself, right? right? So you, I'm really not a big believer in the, in the fake until you make it um, paradigm. Um, I really think you're gonna. It's it's not gonna come across well. Um, people are gonna sense it. You're going to feel inauthentic. It's it's not a win to to head down that avenue. So constantly be educating yourself, and providing information um, commensurate to your education, to your experience, to your to where you're at today, and and that will allow you to kind of come across in that in in that trusted way far more effectively. Um, to have an opinion. Right. So, uh, you know, think of what I do. I'm an investor and I'm a uh, an investor-focused realtor focused, an investor focused realtor. And I have to have an opinion about what's going on in the market. Um, you know, what markets are good, what markets are not good, what strategies are good and vice versa. And luckily for me, I, I you know, having an opinion and why I think it is, is uh, comes reasonably easy for me. But if it, you know, and so we all need to be our own coach to a certain degree. Right. So for me, that one's easy and I need to do it. Um, For somebody else that might not be so easy, and so work at that one. Make sure that you know what you're doing, why you think it's a good idea, and have the data to back that up. Um, and, And the third one, you know, be providing value, right? So a lot of people, I think, are reluctant to do that, thinking that it's their IP, their intellectual property and it's true you don't want to kind of give away everything up front um and and kind of um not not have anything not any value for after people engage with you and, and really get into the thick of the engagement um but you know provide more value than than you think you maybe should because that's how people get to know you um and, and there's a there's a ton that comes from that
0: and it, that's the no light trust piece as well the underlying yeah, yeah. it's my uh my one of my, my former business coach used to say, there's nothing new out there in the world. It's more about how you interpret it and what you recommend versus necessarily you've come up with this amazing idea that's never been thought of before.
1: Yeah. Very few inventions. Yeah, for right. sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and how important do you think it is to niche down, to, to have a particular, to be a trusted expert and, and to have a specialty or some kind of niching down?
1: yeah great question um so i think there's a balance in there obviously um so you you need to know the size of your market um and and not niche down to the point where you don't have a market um well that's true i think the more common pitfall though is not niching down enough right so i think that's critical and, and it applies to your brand um where and how you want to be an expert And then, you know, for my business, for example, the same concept applies um, not just to brand, but to real estate markets, real estate strategies. It's too easy to get spread too thin and try to be too broad and and cast too wide a net and really not be effective on anything. You'd be far better off to get focused, which is, you know, for me, again, why I'm an investor-focused realtor. Um, That allows me to be the best I can be at that particular segment. So I I think that's critical
0: you spoke, you've kind of spoken to brand marketing and and you also mentioned transactional marketing. What are the sort of things that have come out for you and and kind of lessons learned as you've been going through both marketing yourself as a realtor, but also as a real estate investor?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, consistency, um, in all aspects of life, but particularly in in, in this regard, is is super important. And like we mentioned earlier, you know, three months is not um, the duration you need to be thinking on here. Measure it at least in quarters, you know, multiple quarters, if not in years, in terms of what am I going to invest into that? What, what is the the time horizon and the time domain I'm thinking of? Um, so consistency being um, super important in that regard. And then for me, I try to um, mix up the 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 messaging that i'm delivering in a few different buckets so you know this is you know for realtors specifically but it, it applies across you know it could be the health industry or whatever realtors are are kind of uh, criticized for here's the deal i just did you know and it and it's and that's interesting more to the realtor than it is to the audience you know there's there's minimal value to the audience so make sure you're kind of value based in your content for sure um, and so have educational content, credibility, content, and personal content is what I would try to do on a very consistent basis to be letting, um, letting your value be seen and, and absorbed and appreciated, but also you, right. Um, that's critical. You, you, you don't want to be kind of uh, wrapped up in a corporate shell and, and kind of too stuffy so people can't connect to that. Right.
0: And, and, and specialization or niching down, it could be. It could be a strategy. It could be uh, a type of uh, investing that you're doing, or a type of sale that you're doing. But it could also be geography, couldn't it? Because that's exactly. you're you're tending to focus more in the GTA area, and and yeah. get to know that market really well versus trying to invest in seven different provinces or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, the same goes for strategies and geography, and and it's too easy. And so the the classic pitfall is. Well, I'm going to, you know, and this is, you know, uh, specific to investing, but the classic pitfall is I'm going to chase the very, the unicorn, the snowflake, the perfect deal. And that will have me looking in any market that anybody shows me something shiny in. And, and that is, you know, an inevitable pitfall that will lead you to second guess yourself when you see the deal. Cause you gotta do market research for two or three days to even understand what the market's like. And is this actually a good deal in that market and way too easy to get diluted. So yeah, I agreed. Right.
0: I guess you've, you've kind of uh, touched on it. Is the mistakes to avoid when marketing? What are the kind of things that you've that you've seen, or the pitfalls that people should avoid?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think here um, you want to be um, very clear on you know you call it your USP or differentiating competence. You want to be very clear on what that is, um, and and spend some time on that. That's really important. I actually um, previously did a an exercise to try and um, not identify this myself, but rather the exercise was to go out to five trusted people that know me really well and ask them, you know, what what, uh, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And, and what do you think I'm very good at? That is a really interesting exercise um, because it's not, you're not in, a, in an echo chamber while you do it, right? You're, you're talking to some people that you believe will give you candid feedback on all three fronts. Um, and in doing so for me, it was, you know and this is leading to the usp and the differentiating competence and also the, the uh, what and how you do market so the the feedback for me had a common theme which was very interesting it was um, that i you know have a genuine interest in, in caring about the people that i'm working with and that i have an unusual ability to distill complex information assess it pros and cons and articulate that in a way that's very understandable and so and 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 there were some negatives there too but but more <laughs> on the usp on the usp and differentiating differentiating competence side of things that's very valuable for me because then it speaks to how i do uh, how i communicate and, and what i choose to communicate and and that's, um, that's that's super important if you're if you don't know your usp and your differentiating competence then then you might be chasing and you know, shiny things and that looks interesting. Let me try that. And, and it doesn't allow you to put a rudder on the ship and, and focus, right? So that is you know, a very common mistake. And one that I've fallen into in the past as well is, is not being dialed in enough to what that USP and, and differentiating competence is.
0: Um, and, I, and I guess there's always the, the danger, you know, particularly if you're, if you're very good at kind of taking complex information is not maybe not dumbing it down enough for people and i, I don't mean that in a derogatory way but yeah. you know i think sometimes we underestimate how much we really do understand stuff and then we assume that people are at the same level of us but that's usually not the case
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's absolutely and, and this i i um, it reminds me of the time i spent in technology it's a it's a world filled with acronyms um and, and there's two steps to being good at this, right? And, and it, it speaks directly to your point. One is learning that new language and all those acronyms and what they all mean. And the other one is translating it back into a language where everybody else can understand it. So you really, you can't skip that second step or you'll, you'll just lose people, right? And it's, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not a win for either party to do that.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking of, I mean, even even myself said, so initially the podcast was REI branded, which I assumed everybody understood uh, and within real estate investing yes most people would but yeah. then I had people out just a little bit outside of that saying well isn't that a a store in Quebec and I was like oh no never thought of that or or, yeah. or, or they came up with another whatever REI stood for and not yeah. being the, not being the same thing so it, you mentioned your technology background what else have you managed to leverage from your your previous lives uh, that kind of help you today
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly the contracting career. um, Interestingly, when I left contracting and went into technology, I didn't think that, you know, contracting was going to come back and and serve me in a significant way. Um, I didn't anticipate that. Uh, But certainly in what I do today, it feeds in uh, 100%. Um, Well, I'm not the one swinging the hammer today. um, Having walked a mile in their shoes helps me understand their world. Uh, from a GC and contractor standpoint helps me understand the rentals helps me yeah. under, estimate them better. Um, and so, yeah, this is, you know, something that I talked to my kids about as well um, because looking back, it was the, the key to having those things um, serve me well now was going all in on them at the time because hmm. you never know how that's going to come back and serve you today. Right. And so same in the technology career, um, now, interestingly, on the technology side, um, you know, in, in tech, you especially in the bigger enterprise systems that are that are quite big and abstract and complex, you live and die by your by your uh, analysis and your thoroughness, and and you got to be careful about the assumptions you made because it's always the assumption you made four days ago while you were picking through the problem that that led to another assumption that led to another one, and then you got to unpack the whole thing and redo it, right? So. That, that was the success criteria there was largely based on your ability to think logically and analyze. And and I had to let go of some of that, to be honest, when I moved into real estate investing and real estate full time, because it, it, it's, it moves quicker, mm-hmm. right? And, and it doesn't reward thoroughness and analysis and 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 the rigor as much as tech and so and i've worked with uh, their clients who come from engineering and technology and 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 kind of coach them through that same transition hey you know it's this is an amazing skill set and, and it is really good no question but let go of some of it or you're going to move too slow right yeah yeah
0: i i love your point about and the advice you give to your kids is to be all in on whatever it is and you'll never know when that that skill set or that experience will, will play into itself again. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great lesson for everybody to take away from. Um, oh, yes. Thank you. When you're, when you're thinking about kind of looking forward, um, what, what advice would you give a newer real estate investor or a newer realtor in terms of their, their marketing and branding? What, what are the key things that you think people should really dial down? I think you've touched on them, but, you know, if you, if you were to say, here's three things that you should definitely do in the next week to month to quarter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, understanding uh, your value, you know, your unique value that's going to sustain itself over time is huge. Um, I think be yourself. Um, 100%, right? Like, so this is, this is an interesting one all on its own. Because if I think of somebody like um, there's so many great influences out there today, like we just we honestly live in such an incredible time to have access to so much high level talent and be influenced by it. It's, it's incredible. You, you think of, you know, that we're we're the average of the five people we spend time with. Well, now I get to listen to podcasts from from some of the, the world's best, you know. At, at the drop of a dime, click of a button, I can I can do that and have that be part of my influence. It's it's amazing, right? Now, now for me, again being somewhat analytical and how I think about things, it's it's really interesting. So let's take somebody like Cardone, right? Um, got a great message, 10x, you know, love love the philosophy, but but I'm not him. And so the Venn diagram between what he promotes and how he promotes it and and me is is there's some overlap there. I can take some, some really good stuff from what he does and what he says. But I, if I try to do it like him, it's not me. And, right. and that is going to make me feel awful in what I do. And I'm not going to do it very well. And, and, and the recipients of my information will feel that and it won't feel good to them. And so that, that's the second thing. Like just be yourself. You will attract people that, that will naturally fit with you better. Um, and and that's critical, right? And so a lot of people, I think, especially earlier on, have, there's a pitfall there of, of trying to, well, Cartoon's doing this or or whoever, Gary V or whoever it is, right? Or that's how they're doing it. That's how I'm going to do it. And they try to mimic that too much. Um, and don't kind of stay true to themselves. And, and then that's that's never a win. Right. So be I would say be very careful on that side. And third one is like I mentioned earlier, just be constantly educating yourself. I'm, I'm such a huge, I I literally think that's part of our purpose is to grow, evolve, be better than we were yesterday. Um, and so for me, if I'm doing it right, I'm going to be doing that till my last breath. Um, and, and I, and I think that serves us well in life and in business and right across the board. So that would be number three for me.
0: Right. Again, a really good point. I think we, we can see through that inauthentic, way way faster now because we're getting so much thrown at us all the time we can see the you're right the things we like the things we don't like but then also oh yeah that person's full of it and it's funny i saw one on social media just the other day a guy takes a selfie of himself in front of a ferrari and and he puts the post and then he says just bought myself a new bmw Uh, and (laughs) and then the first comment was well, if you bought a BMW, why is there a picture of a Ferrari? And yeah, it was just a complete mismatch. Yeah, I thought, yeah. what, what was he thinking? And yeah. I mean, straight away, everybody was laughing at him, which was not what he was obviously <laughs> planning. I thought it didn't yeah. make any didn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, and and geez, in the formats that we propagate our information on today, be careful because somebody will take a screen grab of that and it doesn't go away. Right, <laughs> very um.
0: very quickly. Yeah, very true. And, and you and you raise a good point as well. I, and I hadn't thought of it this way. And I, I appreciate you pointing it out. Is we're in a fantastic time of influence. I think too often we we jump on the oh well the Kardashians yuck and and we're negative yeah. about it. But there is a lot to take away that is positive. And I, I I really like the fact that you underlined that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, thank
1: you. And now- you
0: mentioned you mentioned Gary Vee and you mentioned Cardone. Uh, do you have a favorite? personal brand and and who is it and and why
1: yeah i mean right now um and this speaks right to the the point you were just talking about um andrew huberman uh, of huberman lab is he's one of my favorites one because um his content is incredible i I literally think it should be mandatory listening Hmm. um it's that um useful i think in our understanding of our, our of ourselves like from a biological physiological standpoint how we work how to make each day better um, but in terms of his brand um, like his his content is delivered um in a intelligent thorough thoughtful pragmatic um yeah like a, a, it's just it's it's incredible how he does it and i was listening to a segment of his the other day and apparently he's got sleeve tattoos um, and the question that he was being asked is you know how can we never show them and he said well i really he's a professor and he said it's the same when i'm on a podcast or an interview as i am when i'm on you know stage lecturing i don't i never want the the focus to be on me and he's like i just want the content to be and the data to be what's really where people are focused and where the value is and and i mean he's 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 doing a good job of doing that uh, so from a brand standpoint you know again his podcast is black background black shirt Pure content, right? And 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 it's so um, no frills. It's so and it's so high value. I, I, for me, it just uh, I just love it. It's it's right. it's, it's super
0: good. It reminds me of a story. So my brother um, was a sales director at Nike, and uh, no no school education. Uh, straight you know just straight straight sales guy, and uh, he is covered in tattoos, like literally covered. But he always wore long sleeve. Shirts, and they were having a pickup uh, soccer game, and somebody forgot the, sh- the the away team shirts. So they said, "Oh, we're just playing skins," and my brother was on skin side. So <laughs> so he took his shirt off, and like the silence was like everybody just stopped and kind of looked at him and went, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. you're right. Under, underlining, you know, people accepted him for who he was and what he was capable of doing, and Huberman's the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. From that sense. Yeah, um, do you have a um a tool or a resource that you're enjoying using, like a new tool or resource you're enjoying right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been using um, the fitness tracker called uh, Whoop um, for a little while, um, and I, I'm I'm loving it today as much as I ever did. Um, it's a it's a unique fitness tracker, and and so this is another interesting thing, right, in terms of how personal dovetails into business and. Yes, we think of them as separate, but they're inextricably linked together, right? They're, they're really, this is like, you know, the interconnectedness of our bodies, right? Like, you know, what's going on with my back muscles is connected to my, uh, you know, my lower legs, right? Like everything is one system. So personal and business is the same thing. Um, so the the WHOOP fitness tracker, I find phenomenal. Um, it's measuring, I can't remember what it is. It's like 5,300 data points per hour or something crazy like that. Wow. Um and, and they continue to make the interface better. I being, again, somewhat analytical, I love the data. I, and, and as much as that, I love how it keeps health and fitness on the forefront of my mind so that I can kind of keep it as a focus. And it's one of the, the most important pillars in my life is nutrition and fitness. And so for me, having that tracker, keeping it on the forefront of my mind, giving me that feedback, all of that is, uh, is I, I, again, we live in an incredible time. I think these wearables are going to get better and better and better and better. And we're just at the at the thin edge of the wedge on this. Uh, and I, I'm loving what we've got already, let alone where we're going, I
0: think. And is it is it a ring or is it a?
1: Yeah, so it's it's actually, um, I wear it on my arm. Okay. Um, you They came up with wrist straps first and then they came up with the arm strap second. Um, I like the arm a little bit better. It just stays in my way more. Um, and the unique thing about the Whoop Tracker is that it measures um, a number of different KPIs for your, for your internals, but, but the, the kind of unique one for them is the heart rate variability. Mm. Um, and there's a bit to be said about that, but it's a very unique thing to track uh, as it relates to recovery. Uh, and so WHOOP is pretty big on measuring your strain and then your sleep and how primed and ready you are to exert yourself today. Um, and the whole philosophy is them being really good at that allows you to back off training on certain days and push real hard on other days. And by by allowing yourself to back off instead of just grinding hard every single day, the, the idea and the theory and, and what they're putting forth is that that'll allow you to progress faster than just pure grind.
0: Is this the one the NBA players, a lot of the NBA players are using, I think? Is it?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're pretty right. pervasive in high-end sports. Right. I can
0: imagine. Yeah. And do you have a favorite uh, business book or podcast?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, for me, um, and again, he'll fall very much into the the Huberman kind of bucket, but Lex Friedman. In um, Lex is, he's got a huge following. Um, his content is crazy good. Uh, he's got a very diverse set of guests. Um, and, and I love that um, because it allows you to kind of get exposed to so much, again, Lex himself is got a ton of education and value that he provides. Then when he interface with his guests and they start to dialogue, it's not uncommon for me to be listening to Huberman or, or Lex's stuff and and I'm literally kind of like overwhelmed like how is this possible that I can sit while I'm on a drive somewhere and listen to this level of dialogue and that's and, and built on this education and experience It's, it's unbelievable. I just I just mm-hmm. love it.
0: Wonderful. And do you, yeah. have a fav- do you have a favorite quote that inspires you or drives you?
1: Yeah, one of my favorites, um, and I believe it's Nelson Mandela's, but I, I'm not positive, um, is, I never lose, I either win or I learn. Um, mm. and, and that one's huge, right? It, it's, it's a very simple quote. Um, uh, but it, it, uh, it really resonates, especially, you know, in, in times in entrepreneurial life, I mean, geez, they're not all wins, right? We, we know right. that. Um, and there's some tough lessons along the way. Um, and so having that mindset of, uh, minimizes, and, and again, you know, what I, what I feel like I can pass along to my kids, whenever there's a mistake made or a, a miss of some kind, look, it's not about feeling bad. What's, what's the lesson? How can you learn? Apply it for next time and let's move on. You know, learn and let it go, learn and let it go. And, and then combine that with your wins, and that's how you, you can build, I think, a uh, more resilient uh, mindset, more, more, uh, more grit, more determination, and, and more happiness while you go along the path, um, which is, you know, a big part of what it's all about.
0: Right. I love that you underline that and, and happiness. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So how can, how can people find out more about you, Chris? How can they get in touch with you? What's the best way?
1: yeah so if you go to uh shebib.com, s-h-e-b-i-b.com that's my link tree um that's got links to my youtube channel um my investor focused uh, website everything is on there so that's probably the single uh single starting place if you want to get in touch
0: right and you've got a podcast as well so tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah the hidden upside at the hidden um and again Very much in line with uh, with my favorite quote, right? Um, That I just mentioned. You either you you never lose. You either win or you learn. The hidden upside is all about um, people sharing their experiences in terms of you know what lessons were learned, what adversity was presented itself, what lessons and and growth was forced out of that, and how is that better serving you today? Um, It's an aspect that I don't think we share and talk about enough. Um And doing so, I, I think literally just helps people around uh, learn faster and better and, and we all grow quicker as a result.
0: Wonderful. Okay, I'll make sure we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And uh, thank you for today, Chris, and have yourself a fantastic day.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Paul.